From Rocketium, this is Spilling the Magic Beans. Have you ever stumbled onto an Urban Company ad on YouTube? The ads always seem to come to you at the perfect time. When your AC just stopped working over the summer and the heat is burning you alive, there's a good chance a highly produced film from Urban Company will appear before your next video on YouTube. When you get a glimpse of yourself in the mirror and notice it might be time for a haircut, a short clip of a star hairstylist serving a happy patron may just appear on your screen. Is it magic? Nope, just good marketing. How they do it and more coming right up. We had Shrey Banziwal on the show to learn more about how Urban Company launches campaigns that convert. Shrey, welcome to Spilling the Magic Beans. Hi, hi, Arman. It's nice to be here. Shrey is a senior marketing manager at Urban Company, and we started the conversation by giving context to the complexities of Urban Company's business model. We are a services platform, and we offer a lot of at-home services. We are actually, at present, the only uh, firm that offers at-home services at such a large scale. So broadly, if I talk about our organizational structure, we we have two broad verticals. One is beauty services and the other is home services. When I talk about beauty, beauty has both beauty and wellness. So it has salon at home services for both men and women. It's got massage at home services for both men and women. And home services has everything, you know, that might help you fix anything that can go wrong at home. So there are appliance repairs, um, AC servicing, geysers, even home cleaning. Those are the kind of services we offer within the home segment. And if I talk about some of the lead categories that bring bring this, you know, uh, maximum business or maximum revenue, that's our salon for women service and cleaning within the home space and AC services during the summer season. So those are lead categories, which is where most of our marketing spend goes. Most of the marketing spends goes into acquisition of new users through these categories. Other than that, we have growing categories like massage at home, which I talked about, which are still nascent. People are not predominantly or proactively choosing for a massage right in so so that makes us in some way a category builder within the massage space so uh, because it's it's a new category within the country itself it has currently has lower spends but we see that there's quite a huge potential mm-hmm. so yeah that's another category that we that we are kind of focusing on now Because of the sheer volume of Urban Company's service offerings, it can be an incredibly complex problem for the marketing team to decide where their budgets and focus should lie. And I'm not sure if you caught this, but Shrey mentioned that Urban Company's marketing team focuses more on user acquisition than retention. We're going to put a pin on this very important point for right now and get back to it in a few minutes. But for now, how does the marketing team go about choosing their focus areas for their future campaigns? So um, there are certain categories which are always a priority. For example, Mm -hmm. a salon at home service for women especially is something that does not observe seasonality over the year. And it is also something that keeps on giving us continued revenue throughout the year. So that is a forever priority for us. Um, when it comes to other categories as to focusing on which category to grow, uh, 
there are a couple of things there is seasonality for sure for example ac is definitely a priority during the summer season which is between march to june uh something like a cleaning is definitely a priority during the festive season because in india people relate cleaning heavily with diwali and that's how we see a surge or uplift within this category during the diwali or pre diwali period uh and it's considered auspicious so it's got some cultural backing to it so the seasonality um the and another factor being the revenue per delivery that we get out of these services is what we prioritize on these are two key priorities the third factor for deciding our focus category is also the nps which is basically the net promoter score of our category to every booking we send a survey to our customers and we ask them to rate our you know service on a scale uh on whether they would you know uh, promote this category in their network in this in their friend whether they recommend this uh, further and that gives us a net promoter score and right now despite the low volumes of massage at home we have that category as one of the highest nps categories so that again becomes a third factor for us to evaluate whether this this should be a potential focus for this quarter or not so to quickly summarize a large portion of the marketing team's focus always lies in evergreen services services that are in demand throughout the year such as the at home salon but they also budget time and energy for promoting seasonal businesses such as ac fixing during the summer periods and are also allocating budgets to services that have a high potential for growth. They determine that potential by asking customers about their experience after every job performed, which then gives them a net promoter score for every offering at Urban Company. If a service has a great NPS, clearly people love it. They can tell it has potential and then they can decide whether to run a campaign or not for it. Now back to what we promised to come back to earlier. Why is customer acquisition so important for urban company? One of the reasons is definitely for some categories we are still category builders in the country itself as I talked about for massage uh it's not a very well established category in the country yet a direct competition is not any other uh, gig economy firm but it is basically the unorganized sector uh, of plumbers electricians cleaners you know and people offering salon services locally um, at home so to disrupt an unorganized sector that is sprawled with such a large scale uh, we really have to make a lot of effort to acquire users but one of the other reasons to be acquisition focused and not putting much of our heads on retention is also the fact that we one we try to take care of the service quality with our net promoter score itself we really focus on that we ensure we try to ensure that our services are delivered with top notch with top notch quality so that is one conf- one thing that gives us confidence that people people will come back stay loyal to us and be retained with us another major reason is uh, there is a book Uh, a very popular book how brands grow by by byron shaw and if anyone has read that uh, people would know that out from that book there is a popular law which is called the law of double jeopardy which means that any market player who doesn't have enough penetration in the market 
will also have low loyalists within its customer base so your num so basically your percentage of loyalists grows as your penetration grows in the market the bigger you are the more loyalist customers you will have so there are three major reasons for urban company to be acquisition focused the first is that they are literally building categories from scratch. They have to get people to try their service to see if it has any growth potential. And the second is that they use their NPS scores to ensure the quality of their services remains high, which in turn encourages user retention automatically. And the third is the law of double jeopardy. As they acquire more and more customers, they'll become so big that they automatically gain trust from consumers as a result of their size. You'll subconsciously think, they couldn't have gotten so big without doing something right. And an interesting parallel to this theory is Amazon. We feel much safer ordering from Amazon as opposed to a small e-commerce store that you randomly find online. And one reason for that is that they're so big that it's easier to trust them. And now onto how Urban Company runs their customer acquisition campaigns. What does their process look like from start to finish? for launching a new campaign? So the objective uh, setting basically happens on historical basis and historical baselines that we have. For example, for Salon at Home, let us just suppose, and these are not the real numbers because I won't quote that yet, but um, if I have to take a random number, let's say that the top of the mind recall for Salon at Home by Urban Company is about 20%. And my target is to take it to 25% by the end of this quarter. So that by the end of the year, I'm able to touch some 40% awareness, right? So what is it that I need to do? And the second short-term metric for the immediate next term is how much percentage or how much lift in user traffic I need to get. For the long-term metric, uh, which is the awareness lift, basis the kind of gap that I need to fulfill on the awareness lift and the consideration lift, I choose my communication for the quarter what sort of communication I want to build. And this that communication comes out of consumer insights, all the questions that we ask consumers on the field. Urban Company bases their short-term goals off of their long-term objectives. Pretty basic. Each month, specific targets are set to ensure they are on track to reach those long-term objectives. That makes a lot of sense. But how do they decide on what content to showcase for each campaign to achieve these goals? Let's suppose that you know, we need to lift our salon at home brand awareness from 20% to 25% in the next uh, one quarter. And let us say that out of our consumer insights and whatever research we have done, it's come out that people want to use a salon service at home because it's convenient and it's easily available at the tap of a button, etc., etc. So now we want to deliver a message that is new for the users, which is decently complex. It's not so straightforward. We just, we want to tell them that we are convenient because of XYZ reasons. So it's, it's a fairly complex message to communicate and convince a user. Basis that complexity that we have some frameworks of defining messaging complexity. We decide that, you know, we need a minimum of 15 second or to 20 second or creative asset to deliver this message. Had the communication strategy been very simple, like we are launching salon at home now at half the price that you get, that's a fairly simple message, right? It's not as complex. 
that you know salon at home used to be a 600 per delivery service now it's a 350 per delivery service if that had been the message complexity we would have gone with a shorter creative asset so that's how we decide the creative asset length and the duration uh, then we get into the communication with creating those assets going to the you know tv shoots all of that creative development phase kicks in urban company decides their inputs for their campaigns in two steps First, they figure out whether customers actually like their service and what about their service they appreciate. Then, they use that to form the messaging for their videos. Second, they set exact targets of how many folks they want to drive to their app. Based on that number and historical campaign performance data, they know exactly how much to budget to allocate for a campaign. For example, if they've seen in the past that $10 of ad spend yields 100 new users to their app, they know that every dollar spent will yield 10 new users. So if their specific goal is to drive 1,000 new users to their app, they will budget $100 for their next campaign to achieve that goal. I really hope that math was correct. And now in order for Urban Company to understand which channels to run their campaigns on, they run customer surveys. We run these media consumption surveys every quarter just to check, get a sense check of where our users are and what medium they consume a lot. Um, and we have figured through these surveys that we can reach out to about 90% of our users via YouTube. Similarly, there is 70 to 80% that we can reach out via Facebook. So we know that if we use YouTube as our primary medium, uh, we will be able to reach out and you know, achieve uh, our target of ensuring that we are landing our messaging to the entire base. We keep mm -hmm. a check on our acquired users as well as people who have not uh, come on our platform. So there are solutions uh, given by our media partners. For example, a Google runs something called a brandometer, which kind of helps us run any sort of a survey via their channels and we can target as to which audience we want to run that survey on. Uh, similarly, we can run a simple Google form survey on Facebook as well on completely new users and people who we have acquired and who are, have already been exposed to our platform, we check with them also via uh, SMSs or push notifications as to what was your primary reason for trying this out and also on which platform did you get exposed to our brand? These surveys have helped Urban Company get the most from their campaigns. They know exactly what channel will deliver the best bang for their buck. Through this and their historical performance data, they've learned that YouTube is one of their effective media channels for conversions. And this is because their audiences need to actually see the services performed to really understand what it would look like in their homes. And as you can imagine, creating a studio level video is a little bit more difficult than making a creative for Facebook. How on earth do they scale this strategy? So we used to go live with our ad films really fast. We have worked on ad films that have had a turnaround time of five days also. I mean, uh, all that credit goes to our in-house creative team uh, mm -hmm. who have been, you know, able to write the script, get the, you know, a strappy shoot done and, you know, take a film live within five days, all of that. While that used to happen uh, at some point, we have realized that this process, as we are scaling 
more we need to standardize this process so now we have a, a an actual process that takes about 8 to 12 weeks mm-hmm. um in that process there is everything from translating an insight to an actual communication strategy so for example if there is an insight that has come in that we find urban company services to be expensive let us say just uh, just for the sake of an argument they can be different ways to tackle that we write you know different concepts of communication that can help tackle that problem and then we take those four concepts to our consumers and we talk to them one on one as to which concept you know you, they relate with the most and industrially this method or this process is called concept testing and a lot of fmcg and you know established marketing firms do that so concept testing is one of the first steps that we do then we take that concept to our in house creative agency who try to develop that concept into an actual script and once that script is made uh we try to use an animatics on that script what i mean by that is that script is translated to an animated video that we again put to a link test uh, what a link test does is again it runs that animated video to a certain section of people then it asks the question on what their actual takeaway is from this animated video if the broad takeaway is in line with what we want uh, you know them to take away from that film that is when we change, we transform that animated video to an actual shoot that's that's a the process of you know making either a tvc or a youtube film either way and of course to translate that and make it formatted according to the youtube platform uh, we have done a lot of experiments we have you know changed the formats the logo position we keep on testing on those via mm. uh, ab testing uh, capabilities that google offers itself so we keep on changing the colors the bio the voice over uh, how the product window looks where should the logo be placed this is extremely important while their team can get a video live in 5 days they choose not to they choose to take 8 to 12 weeks the process starts by asking consumers directly what messaging works effectively and resonates with them they then run mini campaigns with animated versions of their content to see what variation of their messaging works best and once they have a winning content piece they then record their shoot and launch the full scale campaign this ensures what they go live with for their full scale campaign will convert but their testing does not stop there within their digital channels they are ab testing their ads by manipulating factors such as cta's logo placements and colors here's one example of how they do ab testing for youtube and other videos that they release on all of their media channels right now it's a constant in- mm-hmm. iteration that we keep on doing uh because creative is a uh, pretty subjective and a pretty mm-hmm. tricky arena you know to explore you never know what the customer likes we have had ads where we are um, you know specifically those ads are specifically starting with you know dialogues like don't skip the ad just so that we can get higher view through rates right but that hasn't worked for us and then there have been ad films 
which we have created which are longer than required which go on for like 25 30 seconds and yet we have gotten better than industrial standards or better than average view through rates on a on, on youtube right so i mean that's i feel that creative is something that people really can't judge by themselves it has to mm-hmm. be put on the platform and then tested as to whether that's relating with the customers or not or the viewers or not but there have been a couple of learnings that urban company has taken in and those learnings are actually specific to urban company and i won't mm-hmm. quote them as something that you know other people should sure uh, learn from because every business is different and they should have their own learnings and their own set of patterns but for us historically what i have seen is that our ads irrespective of the face or the celebrity that we are using works purely on content uh, what i'm trying to say here is that for us a celebrity face is not something that can get us high you know view through rates it's not dependent on that we have in fact seen a better view through rate or higher views for ads that have had a face which is more relatable to the indian household for example an actress from a daily regular daily soap in india uh versus a big tv a big bollywood actress we have tried both and we have realized that you know a regular daily soap actress kind of resonates better with the indian households that is one learning for us and the second learning for us has been that ads that talk to the emotions of the people right uh not the kind of ads that are quirky so we see a lot of brands who are kind of upping their quirk came these days right cred is a big example and maybe those kind of ads are working for them and yes they are doing a great job with the quirkiness and the wackiness in the ad uh, but for us making the ads more emotional and more connecting with the audience works much much better for example uh, we had during the covid times itself we had run a safety ad on the platform where okay. you know, one of the celebrities was talking about how safe you see is and all the reasons on why we are safe that has had a phenomenal uh, view through rate on youtube so yeah talking to the emotions connecting with the people resonating with their feelings is what has worked for us the takeaway there is that you have to do your own testing to see what works for your brand And as you can tell, Urban Company thinks deeply about optimizing their ad spend. They take their time to test every possible variable that would impact customer acquisition and only launch full-scale campaigns on messaging that they know will work well. This allows them to ensure that every dollar of ad spend yields maximum ROI for the business. You should ask yourself Is your team testing enough before they launch a campaign? Are you covering every possible variable to ensure for a successful campaign? If not, maybe it's time to start. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Spilling the Magic Beans. Week after week, we take you through case studies of the most successful marketing campaigns on the planet and give you tangible frameworks as well as anecdotal experiences that act as valuable lessons. If you enjoyed this episode and want more exclusive behind the scenes looks into the top marketing teams in the world, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform.
All right, folks, that's it for this episode. We will see you next week where we share yet another growth team's secret sauce. And until then, stay safe.